Welcome to the PDR Workshop Podcast, where we provide information about the paintless dent removal process, anywhere from the best business practices, tech tips, and even tool recommendations. Don't forget, you can always join us and engage with the community during our live show every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. Thank you for listening and enjoy. All right, I want to welcome everybody to tonight's uh, live show. Um, we have here Ryan from RPS Dent Specialist joining us today or every Hello, day. Guys. And we have Ryan from Windy City Dent. I mean, I'm sorry, Dave from Windy City what? Dent Repair. What's up, guys? <laughs> and Chris from Dentless Touch. Today we're going to talk about the ups and downs, hopefully more ups than downs, of becoming a PDR technician. I think there's some misconception on how easy it is to learn this trade. And I guess we're just going to talk about our experiences, talk about what uh, people have, um, you know, talked to us about that brought to our attention. Because I think most of us have been, what, 10 years in, so we kind of can't remember the first day or the first week. But uh, <laughs> we do, we, we, we have, each one of us has trained a guy, I believe. Um, and so we kind of brought back some of those memories <laughs> So we would love to discuss it with you guys. So we got tools first there, Chris. We got some yeah, good tools. Is... For sure. Go um, for it. You want me to go first? Yeah, go first today. We're switching it up, guys. Oh, man. All right. So I know we don't call tools moneymakers, but this tool has saved me so much time, which in turn will save you. Uh, will uh, expedite that repair, which would obviously give you uh, more money for the uh, for the time. So this is a standliner pirate hook, and I am completely unprepared, so I don't know the price of this this tool. Uh, I believe it's probably around. Ryan, did you buy one? Do you know? I did not buy one, but I believe it was like in between one fifty and two hundred, so it was in that range. I don't know what it is online. Okay, so I want to but show it's you not guys. A, it's not over two hundred bucks. I know that. Okay, and what makes this tool unique is that curvature right in the end, and then obviously it's a you know the pirate hook unique design. But if if you guys uh, remember the Subaru I did fender, this is the tool that stood out. I worked on another fender, really really sharp dent. Uh, I showed the guys a picture of that. It'll probably be on my Instagram tomorrow. Uh, but I repaired that with no tape. So this. The standliner tools are, I don't know. I just, I've never taped up a standliner tool. It just, it just pushes so cleanly without tape. Uh, it's, it's completely unreal because we're used to just a, you know, a pick tool and having to tape that up. But with the standliner in there, in their angles, you just do not uh, really need a, a tape as much as, as, as you uh, normally would. So. Check it out, guys. If you don't have the pirate hook, it is a unique tool. You won't use it for all circumstance, you know, circumstances. But uh, when it comes to that, these creases, and you can get the right angle with this creases with this uh, with this tool, it will save you a ton of time. So, uh, what length do those come in? Multiple lengths, Chris? They do, and they also come in a in a, another bin too. So this this kind of whole tool will have a, a another angle. Um, but this is the 27 inch. I believe they have a longer one. I, I don't think they make a shorter one and they have a version two. So this, 
this end is a little different on the version too. This is it's a little sharper at that end, mm -hmm. and that was the difference. So it's got a blue and gray handle. That's how you can tell that it was uh that they made the adjustment. Okay. But right on that, right on that little curved end that's kind of soft, it's it's a little sharper there. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, on their website, it looks like there's a 21 inch and then a 27 inch. Okay, so they make a um, smaller version or a uh, 27 inch standard or a 40 inch. Uh, that's what okay. they're showing here. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of times where I probably would opt for the 40 because of the fenders. Uh, so I don't know. I would probably have to get both. Now yeah, limited quantities on those right now. They're always uh, sold out. So I mean, it's a hot tool right now. But it's like the supreme of tools right now. <laughs> it is. It's the it's the Ferrari. <laughs> Limited quantities, only a couple drops here and there throughout the year. And, and so with Standliner tools, it just has multiple contact points that you can push from. So you can push on the very edge right here. You can push on the on the um the the, the back edge, um, and you can obviously use the curvature part, which is right here. To kind of roll creases and dents out. I mean, it's just you have to get one of these. Well, I think that that's what opens the door to more standliner tools once you once you start working with this tool. So that's my tool, guys. It's a good tool, Chris. Good tool. Yep. I uh, I'll go next. I've been on this knockdown kick. I think for the last couple episodes here, <laughs> <laughs> for some reason I've been like just knockdown is I don't know. Uh, but I've been using these uh, dead on dent tools match grade tips, mm, and this is their sharp stuff. one right now. And I mean, I'm really, really liking this. I use the VIP, as you guys know, uh, it's always in my pocket. That's metal on metal. So sometimes you can't use a metal knockdown on some of these finishes uh, or for you know certain repairs. And so I brought uh, this out uh, from last year, MTE. I bought his whole kit, and this goes for I think 35 bucks on his website. Um, and I've been really, really enjoying it. It's super, super sharp. It's 25 bucks. Sorry. Uh, 25 bucks. Uh, I've super, super sharp, super fine point. Uh, I've been knocking on it for, I don't know, probably about a couple months now. And the mushrooming is very, very minimal. Uh, mm, you know, you get some nice. of these knockdowns or these plastic knockdowns and use them mm. on a couple dents and they just start to mushroom and they get a fatter and fatter head. So you're not as precise with your knockdown. So I've been using these dead on dent tools, match grade tips, and they've been working uh, really, really well. Um, they have a, do they, do they slip on the panel much or is it, I've never used them. So I, I don't, I mean, I don't feel that they do when I'm using this one. I'm usually precisely hitting a certain spot, um, but it does come with the O ring as well that you always talk about. So it has that set O ring on there. Oh, yeah. um, mm. which helps a lot with, you know, coming loose. Some of these tips. Does it mark the paint at all? I have not had any issues with this marking the paint. So okay. when, I, when I've switched to this um, and then this is what was on it before as well. So I, these are the two that I was using the other day. Um, and I forgot that I had bought his whole kit. I found it in like a little plastic box from MT <laughs> last from last year. So um Dave's hibernating some tools. So yes, from last year of MTE that I still haven't used because I just I have my kit and I know what works. Um, <laughs> but I needed something the other day. I forgot if I didn't I, I didn't couldn't find my regular plastic knockdown that I had, or uh, I needed a plastic tip, and the ones that I all had were mushroomed out. And I'm like, I know I have something in the truck here, and um, I had this match grade tip, so I put that on there, and I really really like it. Dead on dent tools. 
Um, Matt's Matt's asking if you tried to push with them yet. I have not tried to push. Um, and I didn't, and I couldn't forget because I thought there was a combo kit that I had bought at MTE and it was pushing and knocking down. Um, but I can foresee you easily pushing with this as well. Mm -hmm. so, it's just that strong. It's very, very strong. Nice. So dead on dent tools. I would check them out. Um, they're, you know, for 25 bucks for a tip kind of seems pricey, but I have no complaints about this whatsoever. Nice. Nice tip. Dead on dent tools, guys. What you got, Ryan? So I've got my new mobile tech shade. Okay. So it comes, he's got a couple different suction cup options, and this really interests me. This is the new four and a half inch sea sucker suction cup. I use this, I use this thing today, and the sea sucker sucker. I never had to pump it. A lot of times with my other stuff, I had to pump a lot of times. Um, there's no, it doesn't seem like with the woods, it usually has that filter like a regular suction cup. This does not. Um, a little different bottom design. And it seems like it's softer rubber. So I use this thing today. Never, and we had a little bit of wind today and never had to repump it. Mm -hmm. So this thing really impressed me today. It's my first sea sucker um, suction cup. I know a lot of times they make a lot of stuff for bike racks on the roofs of cars and all kind of crazy stuff. So, but it, it's an awesome suction cup. It's $79 difference, mm. like total. So if you buy this separate, it's 79 bucks. Um, so that complete like, setup, how much is it? Just the base. So he sells it with this base. Mm -hmm. And the suction cup for $79. Okay. Not counting the arm. The arm's mm -hmm. part of the, the whole thing. The whole thing I think goes for two two fifty nine. Okay. Um, but I've this suction cup, man, is is really, really good. I really have no complaints. I mean, we had some serious wind today, and uh it never never moved on me. My older woods, I had to pump a lot of times, keep checking on it, keep pumping it. This one not once. So and it's black and orange, so it works really well for my <laughs> colors. <laughs> so mobile tech shade. I've known Ian a long time. I've got an original, like one of his original, original mobile tech shades. So this is his updated version. It's a little different in, in the in the hardware on this one than my original one. So mm -hmm. But yeah, that's it. That's all I got for you. Yeah, and and, yeah. and I have no complaints about mobile texture either. I've had a couple. I think it was one of when they first came out. I had purchased one, um, and there was something that went wrong with that mechanism you just showed right there. And I messaged Ian right away, and you know he was able to get me out another one. And you know, sorry for the mishap. And the customer service was really on point with yeah. them. Um, you know, mobile texture is a company. So uh, most of these smaller guys, you know, you've got James Lee. I know Matt from Get a Grip is quick with the responses on if there's an issue. A lot of these smaller guys that are dent guys are really ready, stand behind their product, ready to correct if anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I actually bought my guys bought something while I was at MTE. I think I told shared with this with you guys, and so Matt I think refunded me the difference for the discount, and I didn't even reach out to him. 
So I don't even think he knew that my guys ordered it. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty that was pretty good because yeah, he was running a promotion at MTE or or just as collectively on his website and stuff. And you know, and one of your techs ordered while they while you were at MTE. Yeah, so they ordered <laughs> while I was at MTE. I literally passed his booth and I was like, "Who's chart? Who has my card? Did I drop it?" <laughs> and so I look and I'm like, "Oh." these guys so um but luckily enough matt caught it and i, I just looked today um and was like oh uh get a grip refunded you i think it was like 44 dollars <laughs> yeah man yeah so and matt's an active Kudos listener he's actually on here right now giving you the thumbs up so oh yeah i'm seeing you yeah. know <laughs> if anyone has any get a grip questions give him give him a shout right now <laughs> for sure like I've said before, get that XL strong arm. That thing is the best, yep. absolute best. I concur. Yeah. It needs to get like a little, like a little table, so I can put like my little glue gun. Little glue gun. And, yeah. yeah, man, I'm I'm waiting for the table. That that's that's gonna be where it's at. Mount a little low, but it's not on the ground. You know, that'd be pretty good. Very good. So. But anyway, let's get to the topic. I'm pretty sure everybody's wondering our thoughts, and hopefully the chat can just keep going and, and you can share your thoughts. Uh, so we're going to break it down in sections. Um, I think, Ryan, I think, Dave, you were you were trying to ask Ryan some questions because he's just fresh uh, with training, I think, today, right, Ryan? So every, you, it seems like every day. <laughs> so you had some stories here that you could share. But we're going to break it down into, you know, emotional effects of training, the tech, technical difficulties, um, termination, confidence, integrity, attitude. And I think, Dave, you have a few, right? Uh, I just have a couple thoughts or okay. thoughts that I would probably say to a technician who's learning um, okay. to kind of keep them upbeat and not get so frustrated. Yeah. So let's go over just the first day. Really, really quick of our training, guys. If you guys can remember, just the first day. Oh man! What was your expectations when you first sat down on that seat? What did they do? Did they have you pushing the first day? What What was it? Let's I remember, right and they were like, uh, in my head, I'm like, man, this is gonna be easy. It's gonna <laughs> stick something in there, push this thing out. It's gonna be no problem. <laughs> and where I was trained, they have like a wooden table with this little piece of sheet metal in there with this little hole. And they give you this piece of metal that just looks like a bent up piece of rod, almost like a it's thicker than a coat hanger. But you stick it through the hole, and they say they have these little circles, and they say, "Push in the center of every one of these. Mm. Make make it make a little high spot. No knockdown available. You're just making high spots." Okay. And we get in there, and we are all over this piece of metal. Can't find the tip. Can't find the circles. You know, it was it was terrible. So the left the last, you know, like when we left out of there, it was very discouraging. You know, you're, you're, I was in Missouri away from home, not knowing anybody staying in an apartment with some guy that I just met. So it was, it was an adventure, but that's almost like the military. Like they just kind of not necessarily just break you down, but they, they want to kind of bring you around, uh, kind of mold you the way they want to. So they don't want any of your past or anything that, that could, you know, arise while you're trying to train so they put you in this guy the team effort um you guys are learning together so you kind of can relate i say this from time to time and we chris and i have talked about this plenty of times um taking you out of your element 
Mm -hmm. when you're trying to learn something, I'm a true believer that is a huge, huge thing. It's an advantage. It's definitely an advantage. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dave, you well. want to share? You want to share your first day? Uh, my first day. Uh, what were your thoughts? What were you thinking? So, I mean, I, as I told you guys before, uh, my first, even just being around PDR, I was working at a body shop as a porter and I was always cleaning up glue tabs and um, seeing them push with the metal sticks and, you know, and, and just metal rods. And I don't know what they're doing. Um, and then a couple of the other body guys, like typical body men, um, you know, like, oh, you know, we want to learn that too. So they bought a couple tools and they're all practicing and. Uh, so that was just me watching other people try to learn this and, and seeing how difficult it was. Um, and then I had, a, I think, applied or I had hired some company to, uh, you know, train me for two weeks. And it, it was uh, it was an experience, to say the least. So it was in this warehouse and it was during hail season. So the typical training center that they had was kind of broken down because everyone was away for hail. Uh, there was one guy who didn't. So they set me up on a hood stand with a hail light um, and gave me a PDR finesse rod, the circus rod, a very sharp tip. And it was the checkered box and putting high spots in the checkered box. That was the first um, kind of just day of finding the tip, reading the light, you know, so, so what were you yeah. thinking before you put uh, your hands on that tool? I mean, you, you seem like you had experience. You've seen PDR perform before. Um, you probably saw how easy you, you, you uh, think it is. So what, what was <laughs> what? How were you thinking? What well, was that part was easy. I mean, that part, like the checkered box and putting a high spot in each one like that kind of came pretty natural like that wasn't okay. really hard i mean i'm just okay i'm i'm what about you ryan right? was that was that a, did you nail every circle no. that they okay and it was very limited so they just literally put a hole through this two by four mm -hmm. and you stick the tool in there and you literally have very minimal movement so okay. it's kind of regulating you on what you can actually do yeah. but it was it was you know it, it was definitely eye-opening when you leave out of there we were like what were we thinking you know everybody felt the same way yeah so let's go over the first week and your emotional kind of i guess feeling of of your first week like that friday after training how was you feeling I need something good to drink is what I was feeling. <laughs> I, I was wore out and I was very <laughs> unsure of myself. Yes. Yeah. I had, I to, excited, I had to, you know, yeah. I was, you know, ready to take on the next week, but like I could see how challenging it was going to be. Did, did you have a new respect for the, the skill, the craft, the first totally. week? When did you actually have the new respect? Was it the first day, first week, first day, first day? Yeah. I had a respect, I think, because like I was still naive to to the overall industry of PDR. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I actually didn't really start respecting the fact when I until I actually went online and saw people fixing like large damage. That's when like the respect that I had for PDR, um, mm -hmm. and that was probably you know maybe a month in or something like that where I started googling around, you know, googling mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. looking around at PDR stuff, and then Facebook groups and Instagram, just random little things, and seeing what guys were capable of, and I'm like, oh. You know, and yeah. that really like put me in my place. 
uh, knowing that, oh, okay, this is something that I'm going to have to, because I'm over here pushing in little boxes and these guys are fixing smashed fenders. So how yeah. is this <laughs> get to that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so that really kind of put me in my place, but that wasn't until weeks later, you know, in, in the beginning, I was pretty, you know, pretty confident um, with the little checkered box and putting high spots in it. Cause to me, it didn't seem that complicated. If I put a high spot in this little checkered box and I move my tool down in a straight motion and I push up again, well, I'm either going to be on that line separating the two or in that mm -hmm. second box. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and that was kind of becoming like more common sense. And so that's right. how I broke it down. And then I went to the right and I went back up and mm -hmm. I went to the right and I came back down. Um, and I was doing that for, you know, the first couple of days. And that's just getting the feel of the tool. And most importantly, the light, reading the light, reading the panel, uh, mm -hmm. the reflection of the light on the panel with your tip behind it. That to me um, is the most crucial part of PDR. Yes. Okay. And I think, part. I, I think for me, while I was at training, watching these hail guys come in and just fix this stuff blazing fast, you know, I, the good thing I was with a large company and it hailed and they were legitimately still work fixing cars there at their headquarters. And it, it, some of these guys hands down, unbelievable so that watching these guys i'm struggling on this little piece of metal and yeah. these guys are smoking cars two of them are just tearing cars up one after the other after the other after the other i mean yeah. that when i sat back after the, the second week i was like man okay so that was really... the motivation part yeah right there. so that yeah how, did that die off at any given let me go back because i want guys to understand when when dave was talking about uh he was very comfortable pushing each box i've trained about three guys and i can tell you right now dave learned this craft pretty quickly he's kind of a natural uh with this craft so you know if you guys are struggling and you can't if you do that test and you you know your first time sitting there and you kind of don't make make uh hit all the boxes it's gonna be a a slower learning curve for me I, I didn't do that, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm probably one of the slowest PDR learners out there. At least I feel like that. Um, but I can tell Dave has a natural talent to it from working with him. I work with Ryan, but he's just got so many years over me, so he's just naturally fast. So, But Dave, he's got probably like half the, the years on me, and he's quick. And, and you guys have to realize that I learned on a piece of plexiglass with a spray-painted line down the center. Yeah, no lights. Same no. here. Dave, did you learn on lights or board? It was hail. So I worked for two different companies. Uh, so the first company gave me a hail light um, and I was working with that. But the second company was the plastic boards. Okay. So I actually okay. went back, uh, you know, wow. I kind of went back, you know, and I had to retrain my eyes again because right. this was the, the training process with this company. So and that's what was needed to be done. And that's how they wanted things to you know, how you want, how they wanted you to be trained. Um, so and it wasn't until. You know, with them two and a half, three years in until an unlimited light came out. Okay. You know, but okay. that difference there was huge from oh going the plastic gosh. boards to the unlimited board. Yes. Um, but in the beginning, it was the it was a it was my eyes were kind of all over the place, going from a hail light and then going to a plastic board and having oh. to read that because there's crazy. no real fog and and so I was kind of all over the place. Yeah. And I, I think on 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 my end while when I was training. I had 37 people in our class 
Wow. So it was kind wow. of a, a competition. It was very different. Yeah. It was yeah. very different back then. Now, now I, I kind of, it's changed a lot. Um, back then it was pretty much, if they didn't feel like you were going to learn this, they were sending you home. Wow. Okay. So huh? seven, of, seven of us graduated. Okay. So out of the 37 class, 37 seven in a class, only seven. What is that? Yep. Like 20%, less than 20%. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 16 percent that's crazy yeah. and but it was that, very strict it was it was like like you said like the military we did push-ups yeah. we did sit-ups in the morning we did stretching <laughs> i mean it was no joke they were not playing around back then wow so wow. it was very very structured yeah which was great for for me i mean i'm i'm still pushing so and to clarify i think some of those guys that missed out the seven that, that there weren't the seven they probably could still learn this craft i think just that company at that particular time just didn't have time to train them yeah and so they didn't really have a need if you weren't a quick learner to train no. you so i don't want to discourage anybody but what was the first three months and i think that's where everybody's literally training or the first two months what was your motivator guys to just make it another week for me <laughs> So what, you know what, what, I mean? what motivated you just literally? Cause I wanted it that bad at that point. Okay. I was like, so that's what I, it was. was I'm it here. Financial motivation. No, was it a not career driven? Not, maybe career driven. I sat back Mine and was said, career. I'm going to figure this out. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to figure this out one way or the other. And I just kind of sat back and was like, I don't want to go home Friday. Every was, week we had a, a, a test. And if you didn't pass that Monday, you were going. Oof. So, so, you know, and me and Ryan actually did the same training. So I had a class of about 13, uh, nine went through, um, and it is competitive. So you're doing weekly tests on metal and on a book. Um, and then they kind of weed you out in the beginning. And then, the, you know, whoever's left is you're doing still the weekly test, but they get harder and, and more challenging. Uh, but you're ranked. So my motivation was to be number one. Um, did you succeed? Yeah, I did. So, you know, how many of those weeks of, were you number one? Um, here we go. I out of the so so it was what eight weeks. So, out of the eight weeks, probably six. Yeah, I'd so. say five natural or six. Natural, right so, there. Natural. You know, <laughs> it, if like if someone did better on the book, that would be the only reason why. You know what yeah, I mean? And, yeah. then it, and then it came down to like a, only like one or two points for me and the guy in second, uh, yeah. where he was above me. Uh, that week for the final test, he was above me that week before. And I said, no, I'm going to come out on number one. And I ended up doing it. So, you know, and that was really cool. But my motivator, I was so young that it wasn't career driven. It was just mm -hmm. like, I'm going to beat this guy next to me. You know, I'm going to be <laughs> better than him um, because I was kind of too young to under really understand what a career yeah. really yeah. was. I, this was a job to, to me at, at this point. Yeah. Um, and I just needed to learn this. And then I was going to go out into my own market and then kind of figure it out. But um, the motivator for me was having someone else. And so I think that's a huge factor if someone's trying to either train on their own or uh, training with another company. Sometimes it's nice to have those two, three, four other guys because mm -hmm. you can bounce ideas off yes. of each other, which is nice. Um, but then that competition factor kind of plays in and mm -hmm. you really start honing in your skills because you want to maybe be better than that other guy next to you. And right. and I think it 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 equals out the struggles, you know. It, when you when you're training by yourself and you're really struggling trying to learn this, and you're like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to learn this, and you have another guy right there next to you that yeah, has the same, same struggles. Yeah. It's not so bad. You don't you don't beat on yourself as bad when you're like, okay, this guy's struggling just as much as I am. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think it's definitely a helpful when you have more than one. 
Yeah, Two. where I train, they love two at a time. They're not a big company and they can't do 30 people at the same time, but they likes to hire uh, two at a time uh, because, again, we play off of each other. And even when we go, you know, four years in, that's kind of going to be my go-to guy because we went to training together. So we kind of yeah. have the same experience. That's the guy I would And you're looking over at their panel and seeing yeah, how they're course. doing. Yeah. And, you know, they're looking at yours. And, man, how did he do that? Okay, I see what he did there. And, you know, so that that factor is huge, yeah. uh, you know, especially in the beginning, you know, stages of training. And, and yeah. so for my motivation, when I first got hired, it was career. And I was 22, and I realized I need to spend my time focusing on a career, probably 21, actually. And um, I was either that or going to be somewhere in Walmart management, just whatever, because I didn't go to college, whatever. You know, I think I was doing security, so I was making pretty decent money. But anyway, it was a career choice i i I needed to do this because i knew that there were guys out there making money not crazy money but they were able to support themselves with their own place and stuff like that so that's what intrigued me to this uh this uh craft and plus i get to work on cars um so that was that was uh a a plus honestly because that's all i wanted to do was work on cars so but as far as the um the the the, lo- the the ups, what are some of the accomplishments that you've received while training that you can say, you know, that pushed me, uh, you know, further, that kind of sealed the deal for me, or at least in some way that that I'm on the right path, or I'm getting the right training, or I'm actually learning this stuff. Uh, really, was there a dent that you fixed or something? Feeling it's been so long for me, so it's very hard for me to remember. <laughs> yeah, I understand, but. Just starting to get closer and closer to finishing dents. You okay. you started to see your progression in in, mm-hmm. in the repairs to where yeah the the repairs show mm-hmm. the progression yeah. yeah yeah and that was kind of okay and then next time you yeah. would even get it a little better or faster and you could just see the progression and I think that was a big big help and, and so what. I've always was taught was to number every dent you try to take out. I didn't have the boxes and all that stuff is literally knock a dent at and try to take it out. And you can see your progression by the first dent from the 50th dent. And you can actually say, okay, I'm actually getting better at this. It's not mm-hmm. looking all chewy. So, uh, and then the 50th dent to the hundred dent and to the 150 dent. So if any of you guys are training at home, or just going through some tutorials, whether you're just going off of me or dent time or anything like that, definitely number each dent that you attempt because uh, you will look back at that hood. Sometimes I switch hood and go look back just to get some motivation to uh, to make, you know, have me push push forward. So Now, I've got a good question for you, Chris. What's up? So if you have a tech that is training and trying to learn, you know, practice at home, Yes. Should they, should they, I already know the answer. Should they try to use an aluminum hood? No, of instead course. Instead of a steel hood. Yes. No, I mean, well, no, you're not supposed to use aluminum hood and preferably and answer, a darker hood. The answer that I got was I want to work on the hard stuff. So when I get to the easier stuff, it's not so hard. I want to challenge my stuff right off, right off the b- beginning. And I explained to him, you're already challenging yourself because you're trying to figure this out. So yeah. let's pick one hurdle at a time. Yeah. So. And, and see, the, the aluminum's not forgiving. We all know aluminum starts to split. It starts to doing all kind of wacky things depending on which aluminum you have. So definitely steel is a little more consistent. 
um, you can kind of uh, manipulate, kind of train, it. yeah, yeah, and it and it's forgiving. So, but definitely, um, dark color. So if you guys mm -hmm. are looking, you know, looking at training, do not go out and buy a white hood or <laughs> get a white hood. You will struggle, and then put it in the sun. Do not do that. Um, now with these new H HD lights <laughs> that Ryan calls them high definition. Hey, light. it is man. Let me it tell is. You. You know, put that put that hood in in your in your in your garage or your kitchen or something, and uh, you know, go to town with the 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 um, the limited light or or whatever you prefer. And uh, go ahead. No, and if you guys are learning this too or trying to get into it, um, you can go to a local body shop, and there are plenty of scrap hoods. Yeah. Uh, and if the one that you go to doesn't have one, the next five, I'm sure will. Yeah. Um, and so the a couple of the hoods that I've gotten have you know, damage in the corner of the hood. Um, but, you know, sometimes you can say, ask them, hey, you know, are you going to be using this? I see it's in the back. It's scrapped. Do you think I can go ahead and take this one? And a lot of times they'll go ahead and let you take some. So uh, if you guys are, you know, how do I get a hood? You know, <laughs> you don't just go out and buy one. You can probably go to a body shop uh, and most likely pick one up from, from there. And that's going to be a way to at least start practicing. And like Chris said, a dark colored one is probably best. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so beneficial you'll uh you'll actually enjoy doing pr with a dark cover you know i think a lot of people are uh you know um they think it's just the pushing aspect of it and i think me me and ryan, me ryan and dave before we jumped on we were actually discussing uh that you're training your eyes for the most part uh if you can see the tip of your tool then you pretty much can get the dent out I would think you're you're doing some muscle memory to make sure you don't push you know too aggressively or not enough, but ideally I think by by using the hood and using the light and actually uh, attempting these repairs, you're literally just training your eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know anybody that's a six months in and struggling or a year in, it all comes down to your your sight. And so if you if you can't see if your light's moving around or or your light is 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 uh it's too not, far back, yeah, too far not, back or too, too close. close. You know, you need to adjust that multiple times in my repair. Most of my videos you now see me using two lights, moving my light around. That's why I love the Stucky light because I can just quickly move it around just like a board because I missed that board action. And so that's why I do enjoy the Stucky light. So it's all about that, like Jonathan says. It's all about that like position because that's it. That's the start of the of the dent. I mean, the other thing is, you guys are gonna feel it. You're gonna get headaches. You're gonna feel the strain on your eyes. That's all natural. That's all. Mm -hmm. It's part of the game, and you get past that point. You know, I mean, there's plenty of times I've worked till one in the morning and drive an hour home and. You feel it in your eyes, and I've been doing it for that long. So when you get home from training and you're like, man, my I got a headache, and it's all part of the process, trust me. Yeah, yeah. yeah and Push and Polish said, too, the mini goals are a great tool. So mini goals for him uh, were you know, going to be pushing a dent out without creating high spots or yeah. knocking it down without having to push. You know, And I, yeah. I did a lot of those things, and in training, they made us do a lot of those things where in training – uh, with one, he said, here's a knockdown on a tool and go ahead and go to town. And then the second training that I had was there was no knockdown available. So you're pushing this as precisely yeah. as you can. And if yeah. it took 2,000 pushes, then it took 2,000 pushes. Mm -hmm. But the 
there was no knockdown available. You didn't have that crutch. And yeah. so I think, you know, some guys maybe go for that knockdown way too quick uh, without actually understanding what they're doing with their eyes and their hands and the tool in their hand uh, mm -hmm. that that knockdown. They see other PDR uh, technicians just beating on panels and, you know, and that's how they're supposed to do it. Um, I was taught, you know, without that knockdown in my hand and I was making stuff clean and finished and glassed and, mm -hmm. and it was the way to do it. And then all of a sudden when there was that one mess up, now we were able to do uh, grab that knockdown for one push that needed mm -hmm. to be knocked down. Not the entire dent, not the whole, you know, circumference around the entire area in the panel. Um, no, it was for that one push that was not in the right spot. And you were able to take the knockdown and knock that one spot down. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was a huge, huge uh, learning curve or learning process because, you know, you see other technicians who have knockdowns in their hands and hammers and you think that's why they're fixing it. Well, mm -hmm. no, that's not why they're fixing it. They're fixing it because they probably didn't use one in the first place, you know, and they got the done up cleanly uh, without having to use it. One yeah. thing I always tell the new guys that I'm training now, I'd rather you push it 800 times than five times. It's so much cleaner when you're bringing metal up slow mm -hmm. than just getting in there and cranking, mm -hmm. you know, trying to, trying to get it up fast. And uh, one thing that I realize with trainees are if they're knocking down, and you hear them and you know it's too hard and they're they're saying i'm hitting this and it's not moving and i'm uh, you know i physically take the knockdown out of their hand and, and hit it on the edge of the hood every time you hit that it's doing something mm -hmm. if you knock that knockdown and you're like it's not it's not doing anything oh it's doing something just well, that keep goes, hitting it <clears throat> that goes all back to eyesight yeah they're not seeing what that knockdown is actually doing again yeah. I mean, when you train your eyes, you can be a killer dent guy. It comes down to access, and then that's it. You know, just comfortability on pushing, and you are golden. You and can't it, it, see it, that's it. You've seen it, Chris. I mean, the I think it was the first hail car Chris and I did together. I fixed a really bad black Audi roof mm -hmm. with an eliminate board, and he says, you're crazy. Yeah. But I've trained my mm -hmm. eyes to put the light back two car yeah. limbs to glass it. Ryan's trained his eyes to glass it with the limited light three inches from the dead. <laughs> I can't figure it out. But he's trained his eyes, you know. So, guys, if you're listening, don't go run and put your limited light three inches away from the dead. No, but, no. You know, but uh, but definitely, um, you know, understand that train your eyes. You need to look at the dead, you know, move the light around. You need to read the dead, stuff like that. If you can't see, you can't fix it. Yeah, that's that should be tattooed like right there or put on your light or something <laughs> now now um you know i know a lot of guys you know are just you know we spoke about just actual training i know a lot of guys are actually rolling into the training and starting to learn how to become an entrepreneur uh so that that even uh adds even uh another level of difficulty <laughs> yeah some more stress so is there anything uh, that you guys can uh, talk about on the ups and downs when it comes to the entrepreneur? I know we haven't really experienced too much of that while we're training, but um, is there anything that we can touch on that? Is there any motivation, any, any, any positives and stuff like that on that? Maybe one, some of the guests. One step at a time. Don't rush it. You know, if you're trying to learn a whole lot of things at once, mm -hmm. I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself. 
So, so, so you really think it's best to spend about the first three to six months just learning it before you start thinking mm-hmm. about business? I, yeah, I, I believe so. I agree. Yeah. It's just so much of a, of a, of a task. Because if you, and if you've never run a business before or even started a business in your life, then that's its own animal within itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, PDR is not an easy skill to learn, an easy trade to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then learning to run a business is just as difficult. And, yes. And so here you're trying to tackle two things at once. And, you know, as just normal men, you know, here Mm -hmm. uh, we have a lot of things going on in our lives. So if you're trying to learn one thing and it's giving you, you know, ups, you're having these ups and downs, that's going to kind of dribble into probably some other aspects or other areas uh, into your business that you're trying to start as well. So totally, totally. And and baby steps. There's no reason to rush. And, 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 uh, you know, big P said, you know, it's hard to compete in your area as a one-year tech and yeah, definitely. I agree. So, you know, take your time, learn your craft, show your work, and then, you know, you may get a chance to build that business. Um, and I, I think a lot of stuff in this business, in your training and your building your business is take your time and master your craft. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, I want to build, when you should sell it, right? Exactly. When you're, you figure you're a professional at it, which exactly is you not want, you want in three months. No, no. <laughs> or six months. So that's where I feel like you got a better chance when you're probably what, what, what date, what time would you think Ryan? And that date? what, like if you, we all know building a business, it's always best to be a master of your craft. We just said it. Yes. So uh, when you feel you have the confidence that you're a professional at this, what, what year do you think you'll be at as a technician? I know it's going to vary. Probably be like 65. Work. So 65 I still, years? I, I still don't think I've mastered it. Oh, no, th- no, 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 for sure. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think it. I think we're all still learning. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, I got this new tool here. <laughs> I, I got to figure out. <laughs> so I agree. What okay, so you guys have experienced also, you know, people quitting or not succeeding in this PDR uh, um, training. What do you think is the biggest contributor to actually them either quitting or getting fired? Like, what is the biggest uh, uh, challenge for people that they just really can't overcome? Frustration and money. So, okay, so it's maybe the perseverance. It's more of a well, money. The, yeah, I can understand the frustration money. of I'm not learning this as fast as I expected. Mm-hmm. And when you're training, you don't make a lot of money. Some guys don't pay their guys at all. Some guys pay them a very little bit. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, I think you had an instance with one of your guys that money really wasn't. Yeah, wasn't. <clears throat> it was an issue. So, you know, yeah. What do you think, Dave? Um. You know, I remember it being very frustrating for myself. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of words that came out of my mouth as a piece of of metal as I'm trying to fix it. And that was, you know, on a lot or you just it's, you know, it's just you in the car. But um, for me, it was the repair not coming out how I know it should. And that for me and like how like I'm doing everything I thought I was doing right. Why is this not coming out that way? And you you just learn more and more over time with this trade, Um, you know, 
every day it's something new. Every dent is different. Every vehicle is different, you know, and that's what can be very frustrating because nothing is ever the same. So you think mm-hmm. you've learned something or you think you've mastered this, you know, dent on a hood, but then it, all of a sudden the next one's aluminum and you had no clue and you haven't worked on aluminum. So now you have to fix a dent on aluminum. Mm-hmm. Well, that could be a huge difficulty within itself. And that's, you know, a hump you have to get over. And then also it's the same dent and it's in a brace under the hood. And now, well, okay, I know how to fix it when it's open, but now I have to take a different tool and get the same result. These little, these are all little frustrations that happen in the beginning stages um, of PDR. And then I think they kind of carry out as you start to tackle larger damage. Those frustrations are the same thing. Like, why didn't this come out that way? Or, you know, Mm -hmm. I know I could have gotten this better. Um, And you kind of get down on yourself a little bit. Um, so the skill, I mean, just the trade itself is just frustrating overall. My light just Ooh, fell. Wow. <laughs> well, push it. And push it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry. I, I've got a really good story I want to share with you guys at the very end of this. So let's get through this. And it's a pretty good learning experience for everybody in this in this discussion. So <clears throat> Push and Paul has just said something, you know, it, it's one's attitude and, and how mm. I hire at my company is attitude and and there is some people that i've hired and i knew i was trying to change their attitude give them a a, a different light I would, a, you know different uh, view and it was it just didn't work out so yeah. uh definitely you got to have an attitude that you, you you know you're not going to learn this in a, in a few months this is something what do you guys compare this to if you had to compare it to a skill that you had to learn i always say learning the piano what would you what would you say? I say baseball. Baseball? That hand eye coordination, man. Okay. Okay. So like just the batting and stuff like that. It's yeah. just the years yeah, catching and years a ball, of... watching a ball come. It's that okay. physical eye. Hand eye watching the ball hit the bat. It's the same okay. same factor. Dave, would you uh, uh, I'm gonna go with like carpentry or woodworking, something like that. <laughs> I thought he was gonna thing. say like swimming. <laughs> no, like I say, like carpentry, working with your hands, and I couldn't build a table if I tried. Um, you know, it, that's that's the thing. Like I'm also not good with working with my hands in any other aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. So I can't build something with my two hands if I tried. Uh, if I try to watch a YouTube video, I'm still gonna mess it up. Um, it's this is something that I have a knack for, and I don't understand completely why. Um, but it also, I also break it down to where this doesn't seem that hard, right? You have something that's pushed in or you have a dent and you're taking something and you're pushing it out. So that's how I really simplify it. And then it's breaking that down um, with what tools am I going to actually use to get that result? You know, mm-hmm. I, I try to s- simplify the entire thing. So this is a, one of the downs. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Dave, but this is one of the downs that it just had a comment come in and I want to address this. He said he can't get into PDR because it's way too expensive. He said, that's my major hurdle. Uh, but let, well, you know, I guess he thought we were going to ignore that factor, but we're not. Do you think PDR is expensive to get into? No. The reason I say that is, uh, like my wife, she went to school for years and paid for books paid for classes for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you went to dent time training right now, you're paying a, you're paying a premium premium. It's an extremely good training, mm-hmm. but it's not as much as college. No, You know what I mean? In, in two mm-hmm. years, you're going to surpass what you put into it. If you're yeah, really sure. focused and, and really trying to, to get going. So 
I really don't think so. I mean, it's expensive if, but that's anything. You you go to these trade schools. There's a big trade school over here for truck driving or or tractor yeah, trailer TVL experience. Or something. It's like twenty four thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's Which, like any uh, other trade. Yeah, Is I it, believe so. So so I, I agree with you guys. I don't think it's over overpriced <laughs> because you can still it's almost out of the hobby realm. You know, I'm I'm looking at for my camera over here and I'm like, okay, for about four to five grand, you can really get a good camera, good lens, and start shooting pictures. But then how long is it gonna take you to learn that camera and get your money, you know, out of it with fifty dollar shoots? And I think with PDR, you can get yourself about four to eight thousand dollars worth of tools. You can get that money back in the same time. So I would say no. But another guy said they do not finance any PDR classes. They don't give loans for, for PDR. Yeah, they don't loans, but they give it for college. And honestly, I think you're not hey. looking in the right place because small business loans. Small business loans are everywhere. So uh, you just have to make sure that you're correct with your finances, and then they'll be willing to give you that small business loan. Uh, I think I might have jumped off here. Are yeah, you guys I'm, good? Uh, I'm yeah. trying to oh, okay. Trying to read all these are coming no, in good. so fast. So. Um, but real quick, so how discouraging was everyone's first year on the street actually billing customers? Ooh. So once you're trained up and you have the skill and you know you know you can fix a dent, um, now you have to go out here and bill customers for your yeah. service. How I think difficult? Very difficult because you're not even confident that you can even repair dents. The first year I was not confident. At the second year I wasn't confident. Yeah. So that's, I, went, I think that's the biggest hurdle. I went straight into a massive, terrible hailstorm my first year out. I stayed in a hotel my first year. And it so was you didn't just, have to hustle door to door. So. No, it was crushes, grapefruit stuff. Yeah. It was terrible stuff. But it helped me progress. You know what I mean? It helped me get to the point to where I felt a little more comfortable fixing the dents. Yeah, I was confident in my <clears> skill, uh, and that was enough to go ahead and give me that bravado to talk to a customer because um, I was coming from this aspect of I know what I'm doing. I'm here to perform this service. You kind of know what PDR is, but don't really at the same time. So just kind of let me do my thing. Here's the bill. And we need to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Jonathan says interior to cost me $20,000 to get up and run it. And he made 94. Hopefully, Jonathan, you're not too mad that I released this because you did text it, but he made 94 and four four k in four months. So, guys, if you're all about the money, it looks like interiors is your best bet because you ain't making that with PDR. <laughs> your fourth for first four years. So, I mean, four months. So, kudos, uh, Jonathan, on that one. Any other questions that we have? Are we lagging here? No, we're no. Good. Okay, we're okay, fine. Okay. Is there any other questions that we have here? No, everyone's just commenting. Okay. Yeah. Spend a money chance without getting. Yeah, I mean money. it's 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 a struggle, you know. And and one thing I think you and someone said it in one of these uh, top chats. You need to want it more than you think you want it. You know, it, it's all this business is all about what you put into it. So if you go home and and you put your mind to it and you put your head mm-hmm. down and you're grinding it out, you're going to get farther than the guy that's just doing it a couple hours a day or. It's all about how bad you want this. And I keep telling even my guys, you need to want this. You need to put the time in because it's either going to take you a year or it's going to take you five years. Yeah. And straight line said, define expensive. So like getting into this trade, you know, what's expensive to you? Um, And I can understand, you know, someone looks at the tools and, but 
I, when I was a porter at this body shop and I remember saying, Hey, I want to be a body guy or I wanted to paint cars or something like that. And, um, the PDR guy there is like, you're never going to make your money back on your tools ever. You know, your snap on box and everything that's included inside, you're never going to make your money back on them. You're always yeah. going to be, you know, with this, with this, uh, trade, you can have a hefty set of tools and be good for, you know, the, the, extent of your career i want to say but you always you know mm-hmm. kind of always want to be getting newer stuff but um you know you can be good with a, a set of tools and it'll last you a very long time yeah for sure for sure mm-hmm. yeah definitely i guess in in certain aspects it would be expensive for some some people i almost dropped 20 grand on tools so as a I almost financed that so this was definitely a cheaper option for my for me uh, I don't know if you guys want to reveal this, but Dr. Dan asked, how much money did you guys make your first year? Um, and mine was 26000 Mine was twenty four. I don't remember. Well, you did <laughs> hail, so you probably were just racking <laughs> it up. <laughs> but as a new tech, it was probably like for him, mm-hmm. like it was so much money, but like in the grand yeah, scheme of things, you know. Probably beat. <laughs> it was 17 or 18 years ago, so I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. And again, I think it boiled down to just repairing and then the confidence and stuff like that. Um, This skill is very hard to learn. I think we all talk about, you know, wheel repair, interiors and all that good stuff. Um, But, you know, I think there is something to be said when you can learn something in, in, in a month and be good at it. You know, a wheel guy can learn in two months and all of a sudden, you know, he's good enough just like the rest, you know, it, Anybody can get into that market. You, you put, you know, ten grand into a truck, and all of a sudden you're a wheel guy mm-hmm. or an interior guy. So with PDR, all right, put your money. You know, here's a dent. Show me. Yeah. Um, there's no painting. There's no redoing. There's nothing. You tear it up. It's going to the body shop, and you're gonna have to pay. What's so, your guys' opinion on breaking into the industry? Uh, would you go straight to work for yourself or work for someone else, knowing that the end goal is to work for yourself? Uh, I'm going to go with the latter on that. If you can get training and work for someone else, um, you're going to learn a lot more than trying to do this yeah. on your own. Um, you're going to gain a bunch of skills that you know you may not have thought of um, dealing with certain situations that may come up and you kind of have that company um, there as a backup to you know take those situations on for you, uh, but you'll at least know how to, to address them and take care of them if they do come up. So I would kind of, I would go with the latter and saying, you know, if you can get on with someone else, knowing the end goal is to still work for yourself, that's okay. That can be a personal thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And always just keeping that in the back of your head and, and not letting that um, overpower what you're actually trying to learn with the company that you're working for, because you still need to respect them and and give them their time as well. I I think I would say it depends on the market, depends on your area. Um, If, I had to learn this right now. I probably team up with a guy that I can I can see advancements. He won't just treat me like a number, and you know, give it my all and kind of and kind of work because a solopreneur or or this industry, you have to do so much as a business owner. And you know, if you come in Washington D.C. or 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 Crofton area, me and Ryan are gonna tear you up. You ain't gonna get a chance to even <laughs> even breathe. So it's kind of like, why even deal with that when we can grow together? So, mm-hmm. but if you got 
no dent guys in your area for 100 miles and you see the opportunity, by all means, take it. It's going to be a little easier. But if you're sitting there in, in, in New York or, or any populated area that has a ton of dent guys, okay, you can infiltrate the market a little bit, but not much because, you know, there's already established companies in your area. There's just there's not enough there is enough work, but there's not enough people who know about us, so or not enough people who care about it. Mm-hmm. And so it's gonna, it's, I want to say it's saturated because you kind of distinguish yourselves from the saturation. But I don't know. I think if I had a number two, a number three guy, you know, a guy that that that's my my right hand man, it doesn't matter who owns the business. I mean, we're gonna grow together, and I think you're gonna be more successful together. Uh, my highest paid dent guy, and I don't want to say his numbers, but so far I've not heard anywhere close to it. He works for a company. So, and what he makes brings in is a lot. <laughs> so, and so, you so. know, and some guys, I mean, and I don't want to say that they're uh, say it in a like condescending way or anything like that, but you know, they're not cut out for running their own business. Some are of actually course, yeah. happy with all of these other things taken on by, uh, by the other comp by the company. And, you know, and yeah. I'm talking accounting and, um, dealing with customers and all different Perfect. types of acts of, of running a business, um, that, you know, some guys aren't just equipped to handle mm-hmm. and they need just, you know, are better off focusing on the skill that they have and they ha- that they've learned and just, you know, making enough money as possible, just maximizing, uh, yeah. what they can out of their skill. But if you have the passion to be an entrepreneur, by all means, that's all. If that's always going to be in the back of your mind, then you have to step out. It, it, it is it is your calling, you know, and that's kind of how I was. I work harder because I enjoy the entrepreneur aspect of it um, on on side of the alongside of the, you know, the actual dent repair. So if you always want to own your own business, then you, that's what you got to do. You know, so either one, yeah. if you got a lot of money or enough money to cover yourself for about a year to two, then definitely go get training and start your own company. Um, but uh, if you don't have, do you think, fun, do you think dealing with some of the situations now as an entrepreneur uh, were learned by working for the other company? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Not at all. So there's I've nothing learned. that you guys have taken anything. There's I nothing. Think, yeah. I think some of my weaknesses I got from them, then, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, maybe. I was always taught not to diversify and I'm like, as a business owner, you know, uh, I might have to diversify a little bit if the opportunity arises. So I don't know. I would say no, <laughs> maybe, maybe a little factors, but nothing that's key. Yeah. Nothing that's key that I could sit back. <clears throat> How about you, Dave? Yeah, I I believe so. Yeah, I think there was a lot of things that I was that I that I was able to um, there were certain situations that either came up with, you know, maybe a repair, um, a customer, a body shop. There were situations that I saw how they were handled. And then I know um, as a business owner, how I'm going like how I was going to handle them. And I handle them completely differently. So Mm -hmm. I was able to have examples of ways of ways not to do things. such as you know uh dealing with a customer who is unhappy with the repair and and kind of going about that uh being able to calm them down mm-hmm. explain to them you know what is going on uh what needs to happen what are they looking for t- to have resolved how do they want to resolve this um you know i saw i think bad examples of how to do that 
So what I was able to do is create good examples of how to actually deal with an mm-hmm. unhappy customer. Nice. Well, um, I, that's I just, think that's you, just one point. I think that on that factor, you it's a pride thing too. You know what I mean? It's on your shoulders and not the company's shoulders. So you're going to handle mm-hmm. that situation differently. Yeah. Correct. <clears throat> yeah. Correct. Uh, why guide, do you go ahead? Sorry. So guidance is key in this business, mm-hmm. as in training. If you don't have guidance, and this is kind of that story that I was trying to to put out there, is I have a new tech, went to some training. We actually met uh, at one of our PDR workshops that we had at Chris's shop, and uh, I didn't know he went to training. <clears throat> yeah, he went to he paid one <laughs> okay. week's training and. It really said he didn't even finish the week. It said it was the worst training ever. Um, So this week we kind of turned on the training and I wanted to see where he was. So he gets in there and he's been practicing for a year, a full year by himself in his garage. And every single aspect of what he was doing was wrong. Wow. So he has one full year of doing everything wrong. The only good thing is he's been staring at that light, kind of getting to figure out where, a, you know, what a tip of a tool looks like, the drag feature of it. So you may sit back and you're practicing at home, but guidance is a huge mm-hmm. factor in learning this industry. You can practice until you're blue in the face. You're still going to struggle. Mm-hmm. So guidance and those little bit of tips of trying to get a guy in the right direction mean more than that year. You know, he spent, we were Saturday, he spent a bunch of hours with me Saturday and he sat back and said, this Saturday's better than any day that I had last year. So right. you can practice all day long. Doesn't mean you're yeah. doing it correctly. Yeah. So hmm. that's all. Yeah. Starting well, over. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Well, uh, we are coming to a close. Guys, don't forget we have a podcast. This is uh, going to be on a podcast, I believe. Uh, Dave, you're putting it up on Thursday or Friday, right? I'm doing Thursdays, yeah. Thursday. So this show will be up on Thursday uh, at PDR Workshop Podcast, guys. And I want to thank everybody for supporting us. I think we're at almost 500 downloads on our podcast so far. So thank you for the support, guys. Do you guys want to say anything? Nah, it's been great. You know, the, the outreach from you guys, um, we're getting a lot of comments on all of our stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of uh, questions. Don't be scared to reach out. You know, when, when we were coming up in this industry, we didn't have this support system. So yeah. Yeah, and I we're think here. That's why we do it, man. It was so close knit, man. You couldn't even ask a question. So, <clears throat> you know, just the outreach has been awesome. I appreciate it. I know these guys appreciate it. Yeah, I like I like for me, I like guys seeing connecting in the chat, you know, mm-hmm. like asking where each other's are from. Um, you know, if you can get the exchange information, um, that's which was something that I wish I had. And that's actually kind of what happened with us three here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that was a couple years ago. That what's the communication has even grown from that, you know. So guys being able to connect uh here and you know, we're giving them a place to go ahead and connect, that's what I take away from this, and I'm glad I, we can help you guys out. Yeah, definitely, guys. Sure. And go ahead and share this uh, this live chat, whether it be on YouTube or our podcast, if you can. 
we get more and more texts into our uh, our chat and our, our Q&A and our Facebook group and all that good stuff. So, And if you guys have some topics or stuff you want to hear, it's easy to contact with us. Any one of us on our, on our PDR workshop Facebook page. I mean, anything you want to reach out, anything you want to hear, put it out there. Yeah, definitely, guys. And the chat is going live, man. So we love to see the chat just, just scrolling through, man. So it looks like a little few guys are connecting and stuff like that. So definitely, uh, definitely a good thing. So guys, uh, we'll see you next week for uh, another show. And uh, that's it, guys. Peace. See you.